welcome to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Hope you guys are doing well. If this is your first time tuning in, I appreciate you guys giving me a shot. Um, long-time listeners, welcome back. Man, what a time to be an FSU fan. <laughs> Woo, got a lot to talk about in uh, in this episode. Um, going to talk about the Lucas Simmons commitment, the Desmond Ricks situation from Sunday, and then the quarterback situation. So before we get into it, I want to thank our sponsors at BetOnline.ag. Um, our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including NBA Summer League, MLB, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online, where the game starts. Whoo, man. Whoo, I tell you, it's been, it's been, um, <laughs> when you talk about, about night and day, man, the last couple of days as an FSU fan has been off the chain, to say the least. But we're back. Yes, you know, Sunday was... Man, sometimes our fan base is is man, it just it's a shame sometimes, I tell you. It's good to be passionate, but sometimes some some of us just whew, we just go a little too far. But anyway, on a positive note, Lucas Simmons commits to the Knowles today over the likes of Tennessee, USC, and of course Florida. Uh although I never really thought Florida was in it especially after Roger Kearney committed to FSU minutes after leaving that official visit. But a big, big time get for the Knowles. Um, Lucas is the uh, number 109 player nationally, number 13 offensive tackle, a true offensive tackle with 6'7", 300 pounds. Man, that's a big boy. That's a big boy that moves like you're not supposed to move at somebody that size. And, um, this edition, you know, I wanted to wait to see if we got him today. I felt pretty good about it, but I didn't want to record something and it not go our way. And then everything I said in that pod would have been, would have looked stupid. So I just wanted to just, you know, be patient. Like FSU fans have had to have shown um, over the last five years. I uh, just wanted to be patient and then get into it. But you know, going back to the last part, I talked about how FSU is ad- addressing the trenches, and that is definitely the case with the addition of Lucas Simmons. They're, they're, man, their five top commits are, uh, you know, on the line of scrimmage. Keldrick Falk, number 84 player nationally. Simmons, 109 nationally. Roderick Kearney, 129 nationally. Keith Sampson, 188 nationally. And Lamont Green Jr. at 225 nationally, and look, and Boots should be higher than that. He should he should be a top 200 player at least. But that's five your top five guys in the trenches, and not only that, FSU now has a greater than 50 percent blue chip blue chip ratio. So six of their 11 commits are blue chip players. And FSU hasn't been at that level in quite some time. Um, right now, they are ranked. Let me check and see. They are ranked number 34 by the composite. That is without JUCO defensive end 
Jaden Jones having a rating. Um, he he will be a three star at the very least. So that thirty four national ranking is actually higher than that. It's probably that should if he were to get a ranking that should bump him up to FSU to probably the high twenties, something like that. And the good news is there's still some realistic targets out there for FSU to to make some noise. Um, and I wrote about that on Chop Chat, Chop Chat um, Monday morning. And um, the title is How Many Quality Players Are Left on the 2023 Board for the Knowles. And and there's still some guys out there. You got to feel you got to feel good about, you know, uh, players like DJ Chester, who's on the offensive line. Of course, uh, Alex Atkins is man. He's whew, he's a man among boys on that on that recruiting trail. Um, then you also have you know Samuel Singleton, the running back. You have Hakeem Williams at wide receiver, and and there's there's a couple other guys out there that you know they could possibly make some noise with, and. Um, who else? You got Wilkie Denod out there, who's um, a blue chip player. You have Jordan Hall, who's a top one hundred and fifty player. And when you when you really look at it, you got Singleton, Williams, Chester, Hall. And if FSU were to sign all of them, and they've they've already got you know Simmons here, they would they would be uh, number eleven in, in the nation right now. And that's not. And of course, other teams are going to add other players and FSU is going to continue to add players. Also, they may not be blue chips, but they're going to, you know, they're going to add some players. And so, you know, FSU is going to, going to be okay. If they, if they get the majority of their remaining targets, their top targets for the most part. Now, will they go about a thousand, all of those? Probably not, but you know, there's still, there's still enough realistic blue chip players out there for FSU to make a move. Um, to complement what they've done in the trenches, and really, what I think, what I think is is a possible strategy too is, you know, they've had so much success in the transfer portal over the last couple of cycles that you know they may say, well, if if we can't get our top targets as skill position players, we may just go to the portal, um, and I and I I put this on Twitter earlier today. I would take right now. I would take Micah Pittman, Johnny Wilson, and Winston Wright. You know, if he were healthy, and, he, and I think he's he's getting back healthy. But I would take those three guys over Kevin Coleman and Devon Mortimer all day, every day. Is not even a question. Those guys, they're college ready. They have some experience. They would have a higher probability of contributing this year than those two guys were. Now the gamble is. You don't know – well, certain teams can can do this, but you really don't know who's going to be available in the transfer portal, you know, until they become available. You know, unless you're USC and, you know, you kind of pull some strings and you kind of make a guy and get in the transfer portal. But um, So you're kind of gambling, but at the same time, FSU has, has a good track record of kind of identifying needs and, and filling those needs in the transfer portal. And that's another thing, too. Um, you know, g- going into the whole, you know, thing from, from Sunday and one thing, one thing about this staff, you know, they, they may not, 
they may not have been recruiting at a high, high, high elite level. Obviously, I mean, you're not going to when you you're well below 500 over the last four or five years. But one thing they have done consistently well is identify roster needs and for the most part, get quality players, whether it be, um, you know, from the prep ranks or from the transfer portal. And I don't really want to even count 20 to the 2020 class or 21, because I mean, the 2020 class, you know, that's a transition class. And then 21 class, they had to recruit the almost the entire, well, they had to recruit almost the entire cycle, you know, virtually, you know, they couldn't evaluate guys face to face. And so you're kind of just shooting in the dark there. But when they've had a chance to evaluate guys face to face, they've, they've hit on way more players than not, you know, so, so going into, so going into the the situation on Sunday, um, I'm, I'm going to talk about that a little bit, but going back to the trenches, I've talked about it in the last pod, how, you know, I said FSU has, has, has gained some ground as far as NIL goes. And, you know, they're not, they don't have endless, endless, endless money as far as NIL. But I feel like what they've done is they've said, okay, look, we have, we, you know, we have, you know, we're, we're, we can compete NIL wise. Okay. But we're not going to just throw money around like it's crazy. Right. We're going to select certain guys at certain positions that we know impact games and we're going to go and use those resources, quote unquote, you know, for those positions. And because I can tell you, they would not have gotten Kildred Falk, Kearney, Simmons. You're not going to get those type of players without being in a, in a good position in the LYS. You just, you just not. Okay. And so when you're looking at, when you're looking at, other positions like defensive back, you know, how much of an impact can those guys have, right? And so I wrote about this the other day too, and I've used this example before. Think about it. FSU had Derwin James on their team in 2017. And, you know, when Derwin was healthy, he put up incredible stats. And, but, but when you think of the 2017 team, that defense, it was good. But, man, there were a lot of times where they couldn't get off the field. You know, they would give up third and long, you know, over and over and over again. And Derwin, you know, is an all-world safety in the NFL and was one of the better college players out there, right? So when your resources are limited – are you really going to get put put that towards a player? You know, and you may do it here and there, but you're not going to just do it for every player in the secondary. You're just not, right? And so I really think I'm I, I think I'm on point when I when I say that, you know, they are strategically using their resources for specific players. And when you look at this class, offensive line, defensive line, uh pass rush, they already have one quarterback looking to get two. We'll get into that in a little bit. They already have, you know, two wide receivers. They're not, you know, they're not all world guys rankings wise, but they they definitely are a quality takes in my opinion. Guys that can contribute once they get in there and, and develop after a year or two. 
and you, you got a linebacker who, you know, he's not, you know, he doesn't set my world on fire, but I think he's adequate. You got to get better at linebacker for sure. And then you have Quindarius Jones at safety. He's listed as an athlete, but they worked him out in person. They like him. I trust their evaluations. Like I said, they they hit on way more players than they miss. So since they worked him out in person, he came to the elite camp, had you know, with no offers. They offered him and took his took his commitment on the spot. I I trust that. Jaden Jones, the JUCO defensive end, you know, six six two forty. You know, I trust their evaluations there. So when you look at this class, that you know they're they're missing, they're just missing, you know that those those high end players, those impact players, you know at wide receiver, and they're targeting. It looks like Hiking Williams. It looks like they're trying to zero in on him. Can they get him? I don't know, but that is that seems to be the top target. With um, they're they're going after Shelton Simpson too, but he's probably going to LSU. But when you look at when you look at Hakeem Williams at, at wide receiver there. Then you have another, like I said, I mentioned Jordan Hall on the defensive line at defensive tackle. You you, you got him. You got Samuel Singleton at running back. You have DJ Chester on the offensive line. You have Brock Glenn, who's another a four-star quarterback, potentially. You have um, Kenton Kirkland, who's a four-star safety by 247. He's a three-star composite, but I trust two four seven. I trust their rankings more than anybody for the most part. They haven't rated as a four star. And then you have Tavion Gadsden, who's uh, who would be a, a quality take. And so this this class is is shaping up to be, man, on paper, pretty pretty darn good, you know. And if they were to hit, if they were to hit on Hakeem Williams, if they were to somehow get the Blake Nicholson, the linebacker from California. They seem to be in it. You know, he may come back. I mentioned this in the last pod. He may come back on July 30th. If he comes back on the 30th, we got a shot. If not, he ain't coming. He's going to Oregon, okay? But if you get Nicholson at linebacker, you get Williams at wide receiver, get Singleton at running back. If you got, if you can keep both quarterbacks if Glenn commits, Man, hey, it's a, it's a good class, man. It's a good class, especially coming on five and seven. It's it's especially considering the whole debacle on early signing, you know, day uh, back in December. And if you go back to the pod, like two days after that, I talked about how FSU could change the narrative. You know, back then it felt like everybody was saying, "Oh, it's over. We're not going to be able to sign anybody." Blah 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 blah. And of course, we knew that they, we were going to hire a new AD. Uh, Alfred came on in uh, January third. I talked about how that would be a difference maker, how that would organize NIL, and how that the coaching staff could go to the portal, which they did. And so here we are, you know, recruiting from a national ranking. You know, it's not it's not top ten, but when you look at needs and quality players for the most part at positions with the opportunity to to get more quality players at positions in need, they're not doing bad, man. They're not doing bad. You know, they just can't strike out on the majority of the remaining targets. That's that's the thing. Okay. So with that said, uh, I want to touch on the uh, Desmond Ricks situation on Sunday. And 
I don't know, man. I I do not. Let me just say this. I do not believe 100% that the staff had not contacted him in months. I don't believe that. I don't believe it. Um, That whole thing felt a little, a little bit orchestrated somehow. I don't, I don't know. My question is, here are my questions. Why was some social, social media edit guy putting that out there? Why did nobody from the FSU media, the beat had, you know, they seemed surprised that quote unquote, the staff hadn't contacted him in months. And, um, and I found it kind of odd that you had a, a bunch of other guys chiming in on IG, other players talking about, oh, well, they haven't recruited me either, or I haven't talked to them in months or whatever. And I didn't even look up to see who those players were. I, you know, I really don't care. But the first thing I would say is, well, if you're not, if they don't feel like you're a take, well, why would they contact you? Right? If you're a top guy or top rated guy, or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of top guys they don't recruit. So what does, you know, I don't, I don't understand why, why all of a sudden, and it was almost immediate. As soon as that stuff goes out, they're chiming in. And I was like, mm. you know, and then Foster was saying, you know, uh, that Ricks was close to committing to the nose in the summer. And I'm like, well, how is that the case when the summer now and it's July but he hadn't talked to him in months. So if you're going to put something out there and some people were like, well, you know, he probably just meant this. No, you can't. Nope. You got to be precise. You got to be precise in, in what you say in these types of things. Um, And I would have asked specifically, when was the last time you heard from FSU? Was it when you were on campus in April or, or whatever? If that's the case, then you kind of have some concrete. It's not, you know, it's not he say, she say, right? But you know how you talk to people. You say, oh, man, when's the last time you talked to such and such? Oh, man, it's been months. I mean, people say that, man, but literally it could have been two weeks ago. Or, you know, if you don't, if you don't give a specific answer, because people use hyperbole all the time, I do. Oh, man, I ain't talked to him in a long time. But really, it's not as long as you think, right? So... I'm not saying the kid is lying as far as the staff probably not contact him as much as before, but I don't believe it. I don't believe it had been since April. I don't believe it. And so here, here's kind of my hypothesis on this. So Ricks is, you know, he's like what? Number one at the time, number two player overall, 2024. She was hot and heavy on him. He's come to campus multiple times. He has named FSU the leader, blah, 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 blah. All the media sites, all the description sites you're, are putting out your articles. It seemed like every day it felt like. And and at the time, I'm like, man, you know, we just got through the whole Hunter thing. This is 2024. I'm not even giving that time of day. Right. And so then he comes to campus uh, early April. Uh, the next week he goes to Alabama. Then all of a sudden it becomes, oh, well, now Alabama and FSU stand out for me. And I'm like. Hmm. And then before you know it, he goes somewhere else. And then before you know it, FSU is not even mentioned at all. And so whenever you not not saying this happened directly with this kid, but I'm just speaking in general terms. 
these these top top rank guys, you listen, you you gotta spend some money to get them to come to campus. And I'm saying he was there a lot. He was there a lot this spring. And it may have been one of those situations where he may have discussed committing with this with the staff. And for whatever reason, he chose not to commit to the staff. And so the staff may have been like, okay, well, you know, we, we you're a 24 kid and we've been putting a lot of resources here. And, you know, if, and if you're, if you're not ready to commit when you are saying you want to commit, you possibly could commit. Mm, okay. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And then if the kid goes to Bama and, and he start talking about with well, these guys, you know, or, or, or lead now or, or whatever, and if they're calling and trying to get him back to campus and he's not coming back to campus potentially, man, hey, it might be time to. You might read the tea leaves and say, well, look, like I mentioned before, we don't have a whole lot of resources as far as this splurging. You know, we can compete, but we're not going to use them unwisely. And this kid can't enroll for another two years. So we're going to fall back and let the chips fall where they may. You know, we got a 2023 class we got to hit out of the park. We got to address these trenches and we know we're going to have to use resources. And so that was that. That's that's my take on it. I think that's the most sensible, logical take. The kid probably felt slighted. Well, I think it was more so like, you know, he was hot and heavy talking about, you know, FSU was the leader. Then he dropped his top 10. And then, you know, fans was like, wait a minute, you were, we were just leading for you and now we're not even the top 10. And then for whatever reason, you know, some people felt like they needed to put out a statement to address that. When I think him not putting FSU in his top 10 was enough statement as it was. So that's why I'm saying I felt like mm, there might have been a little, a little agenda with that. Um, so, uh, like I said, you know, he's a great player, um, highly ranked kid, um, other top players want to play with those type of guys. But if FSU goes out there and wins eight games this year and, and they look you look much improved on the field, that's going to give them enough juice on the trail to get better players next uh, recruiting cycle. So, um, you know, I'll just leave it at that. Going into the, um, the final thing I want to talk about, um, the quarterback situation. So FSU currently has Chris Parson committed. Chris Parson's father got on Spaces last week. I touched on this in the last pod, but Chris Parson, his father got on the the Spaces last week, and he talked about how it was kind of weird. He was kind of rambling, and then and then he kind of was saying that you know Parson wanted to be a no. Parson took it personal when they went out to the Elite Eleven. To he wanted to show everybody. And the guys that FSU was pursuing that he could compete, he wasn't going to back down. Parson went out there, played well, placed inside the top 11 quarterbacks at the Elite 11. The other two guys that FSU was recruiting, Ricky Collins and um, Brock Glenn, did not. And Parson, his dad, was saying that, you know, he wanted to be a no. These other guys hadn't committed yet, so... They didn't want to be a no. I guess that's what he was trying to say. And, um, you know, he was saying that Parson committed to FSU, you know, when they were down. In reality, you know, he committed to FSU before, you know, they um, they went five and seven last year. But that's neither here nor there. But it made it he made it seem like FSU 
should just roll with Parson and if they wanted to get another quarterback that they could get one in the portal, which didn't make a whole lot of sense to me because I'm like, okay, you don't want FSU to take another quarterback. You want you want them to just go with Parson. But if you go get a, a quarterback from the portal, that quarterback isn't looking to sit. That quarterback is looking to start. So if they went, so if they took only Parson and they went and took a quarterback from the portal, that probably is going to delay him getting on the field even longer. So why would you want to do that? You know, why wouldn't you just say, okay, well, if Brock Glenn wants to um, commit, hey, I already, I already outshined him at the Elite Eleven. Let him commit. You know, I, I want to be a no. I'm a no. I'm committed. I'm going to stay a no. And if Glenn wants to commit, obviously he wants to be a no. And we compete and let the best man win. You you already did it one time at the at the Elite Eleven. You know, why don't you do it again? If you want to be a no, you grow up, you, your father grew up a fan, you grew up a fan, you got family ties to the program. I don't see, I don't see the point in not welcoming Glenn if he wanted to commit to FSU. Right. Um, and then I kind of got the feeling that his dad was kind of insinuating like, hey, not not that he was threatening the staff, but like you know, hey, we, he want to be a no, you know, let's let's just go, let's just go with the parson, and you know, he he used one, I think he said it's money time or something like that, and I was like, hmm, I don't know, it, my radar went off a little bit, man. So I'm curious to see how this is going to shake out. Brock Glenn has gotten a couple crystal ball, oh god, <laughs> excuse me, crystal ball predictions to FSU. And, you know, he could commit. So uh, I thought it was kind of, I don't know if it was a coincidence, but those crystal balls rolled in and I saw that Parson uh, posted that he got reoffered by Virginia Tech today via Twitter. And he hadn't post, he hadn't posted any offers from anybody else in, in quite some time. So, you know, we'll see. I just feel like if, if you want to be a no, you're already committed, you know, compete. You got to compete wherever you go. And if he if he wants to go elsewhere, so be it. But I think that says a lot about him. At the same time, you got to look at Brock Glenn and say, okay, well, Parson outperformed you at the Elite 11. What does it say about Glenn that he's willing to, if it, if it happens, if he commits to FSU while Parson is committed, you know, to me, that's saying, I think the Elite 11 was a fluke. And I don't think you can beat me head up, you know, in a quarterback competition whenever it comes down to it. That was three days, but over, a, you know, a year or, you know, fall, spring camps or whatever, I think I think I can be I think I can beat you up. If he commits, that's what it's that's what it says to me. And I um I posted a few well it was right after um Glenn officially visited, you know, he said that he you know, he was willing to compete or whatever and I and I put that on Twitter. I was like, "Man, you know, he said he's he's willing to compete." And Glenn actually liked that post. 
So we'll see how this shakes out. I don't know what the timeline is for Brock, Brock Glenn, you know, when he decides to commit or whatever. But it'll be real interesting to see what happens if that happens. If if Glenn commits and then we see Parson, you know, begin to take visits again, then the writing is probably on the wall. And if that's the case and he chooses to go elsewhere, then I'll just have to call his dad a liar that he don't want to be a no plain as day. If you want to be a no, you commit, you stay committed, you compete. End of the day. You know, so uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But that's kind of where I am with everything. Um, uh, It looks like FSU will start fall camp here in a couple weeks, I think it is. And they will have a, a big recruiting weekend on July 30th. And I think I heard Lucas Simmons say that he was... Um, going to come back on July 30th to that event. Um, one other thing, too, uh, credit to Alex Atkins. That, that guy is a beast, a beast on the recruiting trail. But also, if you haven't had a chance, if you go to the Chop Chat Twitter account, um, it's probably a few posts down, but um, I retweeted um, a video and you saw that um, Lucas Simmons called, well, he FaceTimed. Uh, Mike Novell, and you could see Mike Novell's face on the on the phone, and you could hear pretty much everything that Mike Novell was saying. And like I said, all credit in the world to um, Alex Atkins, but you also got to look at uh, that phone call. You you can just see the excitement that Novell had and the excitement that Simmons had. You know, Simmons was telling Novell, "Man, I wanted to commit after I officially visited uh, last month." Um, so. You know, like I said, credit to Atkins, but you also got to give um, Mike Novell some credit, too, on that. Um, I'm sure he played a role um, whenever he met with the family and all that good stuff. So uh, same with uh, Keldrick Falk. So, you know, FSU's doing work on the trail uh, in the trenches. We'll see if they can hit on a couple of um, skill positions, wide receiver, running back. If they can get Singleton, Williams at those two positions, if they can get a linebacker. Uh, tight end, I don't really, I'm not really worried about tight end because there's not any really just no doubt guys out there and they got a gazillion of them on on the roster right now. So maybe, maybe one of those guys can emerge. Um, And then defensive back, um, you know, they got a couple guys out there that, that, that they're looking at, but they can also, they could also go to the portal possibly too. So, you know, that's where they got uh, Jamie Robinson from. So um, I feel, I feel like we're in a good position considering and we'll, we'll just see how this thing shakes out. But, you know, number one thing is FSU has, they have to do well on the field in 2022. Um, they have to go out there and hopefully they can beat LSU. Um, if not, they have to turn right around and they, they have got to win, you know, that Louisville game, um, the, those those Wake Forest games, they 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 have got to win these games. They have more talent on this team than they had last year. They have almost a ton of guys returning on both sides of the ball. Um, they've had now it'll be two years in the in these systems, these offensive and defensive systems. Uh, you know they've had this is their second year in the um, strength and conditioning program with Josh Storms. It's no excuses. You know I, I've talked about it. Uh, me and my homie uh, Polk. 
Uh, make sure you check out his YouTube channel. Um, we've talked about it. You know, I feel like, you know, eight wins is doable. Eight wins is doable. Um, as long as obviously uh, Travis stays healthy. So um, we'll see, man. Got to win games. Got to win games. Uh, have a good season. And if they have a good season, I feel like um, FSU, you know, Mike Norville will probably have a, have a, a way to move forward. Um, and people were talking about um, Norville winning seven or eight games and, and, and then possibly hiring some staff and things like that. So here's how it's going to work. If Mike goes six and six, I don't know if you can give him give him an extension. Seven to six or seven to five. I'm sorry. Uh, with uh, you know, then if you won a bowl game, you you may you you probably could do an extension possibly. And if he wins eight games, you know, he probably definitely would get an extension. The extension is the key to hiring new staff. Nobody's gonna come and and work at FSU for Mike Novell when there's no you know not a feeling of stability, right? So. He has to win enough games to get an extension so that he can make the changes on the staff that he needs because he does need to make some changes on the staff. There's too much dead weight uh, of guys on the recruiting trail. Uh, it's too easy to uh, negatively negatively recruit against those guys in this team. So Mike just has to win enough games to get an extension to you know get some new blood in here on the recruiting trail. And and then and then it could be off to the races. It could be off to the races. So um, we'll see how it all shakes out. But uh, again, man, appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, we did get a couple five star reviews from the last um, episode. So really appreciate appreciate you guys doing that. If you haven't had a chance to uh, give a five star rating, um, would love for you to be able to do that. It is helpful uh, to me. Uh, make sure you subscribe so that you can get these as soon as they are released on whatever platform. Um, you listen and uh, make sure you check out on um, betterline.ag and um, until next time, go knows. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.